<laughs> and we live, baby. Hey, everybody, this is Chris with Can We Be Real? So excited for you to join us. What episode are we on? I think episode five or four. We're on episode four. I was going to say four, too. You, I'm, I'm thankful that you've watched every yes. podcast I, as I, well. I, I really have, yes. <laughs> Jerk. So. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> you just couldn't help Hit it. the left track. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Hey, you didn't. You didn't start I can't right now. Okay. <laughs> Okay, and this is going to be a serious day, and uh, we're starting like this. Tell them your name. Who are you? Jordan Guerrero. I've uh, been coming to church here for a long time. Uh, I've known Pastor Chris since I was, I don't know, 12 or 13. So Took you to... What's that? Six Flags. Yes. That was fun. Yeah. That was so fun. 12 or, 12 or 13 years old. We've been walking year. together for quite a while. Yep. And I, I love that you're going to be here with me. I'm excited. It's going to be good. Uh, I knew when I got a, uh, a message that said, do you trust me? <laughs> I got nervous right away because I knew something was up. <laughs> but you did it. Yep, I'm here. That's why I trust you. Yeah. I, I, that's what I love about you is you're just going to you're gonna jump in because you excited. trust me. Oh, our coffee mug of the day is Mama Bear. <laughs> no um, judgment. No judgment. No judgment. Listen, it's Chelsea's cup. And listen, I don't know what this is. It's like those. It's almost like a metal cup, but it's not whatever. Yeah. <laughs> These are the best. It's like a campfire. Yeah, I was going to say, it reminds me of those blue campfire, yes, campfire pots and stuff. Anyway, Jordan. Yes. So, something ceramic, yeah. possibly. Voice from behind the something camera. Something like that. Mysterious um, voice. <laughs> the mysterious, the voice with no name. <laughs> um, so, I was pretty excited. And you're, you were the first person that came to mind when I thought of this subject. Because you and I have had a conversation about almost everything we're talking about today. Yeah. So I went and made a message on the page and said, hey, guys, send me the biggest struggles you face as a man. And there are three. Yep. But there was only two answers. <clears throat> Clear my throat. The three are. The balance. Actually, you know what? I'm going to read the message. I want you to. This, this is the message I got from one guy. He said, my biggest struggle would be finding balance between providing for my family and spending quality time with them. That's a good one. Yeah. I really have, good one. I have to work daylight to dark six days a week to pay bills so that my wife would like to stay home and work with the last baby. And a lot of men I know struggle with finding that balance. Mm -hmm. And I sure don't know the answer besides don't go into debt. So that was the first yeah. message I got. That's tough. <clears throat> Second one was sexual purity. Mm -hmm. Pornography and Figured everything that one was in. coming. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. And then the third one I came up with because hundreds of people saw my post. But I got like three answers. Yeah, that's perfect. Right? Mm hmm Pride. Yep. And I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it in. I'm not I'm not gonna talk to anybody, whatever. Yeah. The biggest struggle men have. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna walk down all three. Right? Let's do it. So let's start with why let's start with the one that you know, the one I came up with. Why do you think men struggle so much opening up, 
being vulnerable, why, why do you think? Yeah, that's something that I've struggled with big time. I mean, I've, I've gotten myself in trouble, mm. serious trouble over just not wanting to speak up and say, hey, I've been struggling with this. And I think part of it is the enemy likes to use shame. He likes for you to feel shame, yeah. like you're a man. You're supposed to be the head of your, your head of your household, and you're supposed to be this upstanding guy. You're, you go to church all the time, and you're doing this stuff, you know. And I think that part of it is shame. And, you know, there's this big stigma on men that you have to just – be tough and just deal with stuff. And uh, I've learned over time that you're someone that I can come to and I've made myself come to you when I don't want to, Yeah, you know, and uh, when we open up to each other, that's when healing can really happen. Um, but I don't know. I think that it's, it's, it's a shame thing. Yeah. And, and it's a uh, macho type thing, you know, that, what I mean? that like, pride, that mm-hmm. machismo that, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's the men don't talk about their issues. Men don't talk about the problem. You don't bring yeah. that up. That's what women do. There's so many guys out there that have the, that issue. Yeah. Men don't talk about their problems or just deal with it. Yeah. You know, or the way you deal with it is you go drink. Yeah. Or you yell and take out your anger on your family or other people, your coworkers. Or go find a woman that will um, agree with everything you have an issue with at home. Yeah. Or just find a hobby and dig yourself into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's, it's crazy because we've. You know, I've been ministry for 14 years now. Yeah. And I've seen it so many times. <clears throat> hey, man, what's going on with you? I'm good. Mm. No, how are you really doing? Yeah. No, I'm, I'll be all right. What's going on? No, man, don't worry about it. And it's killing them. Literally, their marriage will be failing and struggling. Yeah. They are bound in some type of addiction. They, they, they're just, life is crumbling, but it's the, no, I'm good. And the funny thing is the person that's asking that question can tell the majority oh, of the tell. time that something's going on, <laughs> you but tell. you still just play this game of yeah. like, you know, if, if I could, if I cover it up good enough, no one's ever going to know. Yeah. But man, I've come to realize that over time that mm-hmm. everybody knew the whole time what was going on. Mm-hmm. You ain't hiding it. You're not fooling anybody. No, you you're know? not. We can see it. Yeah. And, and the worst part is, is this, I was talking to a guy the other day and, and he had messed up, hit the wall. Mm-hmm. Messed up bad. And I said, I'm not as much. I, I said, I, I'm frustrated with you, but my heart hurts for you. I said, but I'm struggling and I'm frustrating with every guy that calls himself a friend of yours and let you be this destructive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like everybody that was just cool with you drinking like this everybody was cool with you not working on your marriage everybody was cool with you and and so i see this and and that's the problem is this is that guys will come up and a lot of times what we do is i don't know what to do with their issue you know you go to a friend hey man i'm struggling yeah uh let's go drink Mm -hmm. right yeah i know one guy that was getting over like man it's just crazy to think about he was an alcoholic i mean horribly Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and lost a relationship because of it. And all these friends that were cool with him all of a sudden stopped calling him as much. Mm-hmm. Didn't check on him as much. He was screaming out, I need somebody. But if you weren't Nobody chilling the way they wanted to chill and they didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Right. Advice goes out every Saturday night, Thursday night, Friday night mm-hmm. at the bar, but it's not good advice. Yeah. 
Oh, man, you know what? Forget her. You know, whatever. She don't know. She don't know what it is to bring home the, you know, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And what we do is we just find people that agree with us, and we don't talk to people that have the we answer. help you make excuses, you know, or, or agree with your excuses, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, okay, so what would you say is the solution for men that struggle with this issue? I think that... Well, I can just share what what's done it for me or what's helped me is yeah. fi- finding someone that you can trust, mm-hmm. you know, getting in church if you're not in church and finding uh, somebody that you can get close to and yeah. and ask questions and open up to that's not going to, you know, someone that you trust. Don't just go pick anybody yeah. and start sharing all your business with them. But um, that's what's done it for me is not keeping it to myself anymore. I um, had some issues that got worse because I just wanted to deal with it myself. Mm, And then when I wanted to deal with it myself, it just multiplied. And then I'd get into this cycle of like, okay, I'm good now. I can handle it on my own. And then I'd fall fall in the hole again and I'd get back up. And it's just this vicious cycle of to the point where I just gave up at some point. You know, I wanted to give up at some point. So I think finding Mm. someone that you can trust and talk to that's lived life a little bit, has some wisdom in the situation – that's a that's a big part of it. And obviously prayer, reading your word, but the biggest thing for me I think is having somebody there that I can at any time say, "Hey, this is what's going on." Yeah. Um that's helped me a lot. And so, you know what I always go back is you are detrimental to yourself if you don't have somebody that loves you enough that will tell you what you need to hear in love understanding it may fracture the relationship. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've gone into conversations with guys knowing they may dip on this. Yeah, they may not want to have anything to do with you anymore. Oh, they may get mad. Yeah. And I've had that. Who are you? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I'm trying to help. You know, and, and you know me. I will get down as low. I mean, I'll, I'll go to whatever level I can. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like what? And it's mm-hmm. love. I've walked with you on on things, you know, with the cameraman, I've with Jorge, I've walked with you on things, right? And it's been like, like almost like a father th- type thing. I'm coming, let's do this. Yeah. Let's walk this out. But that's the scary part is, is if you just kind of become an island to yourself. Oh, yeah. And you, and you, will, you can die from that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I got a question for you. Let's say we have some wives watching right now, Mm -hmm. and they see this detrimental behavior in their husband. Yeah. What can a wife do? Just something came to my mind right away is what you shouldn't do, what you can't do, is make excuses for your husband. Oh, I wouldn't even even think about that. That's good. Well, because that's, you know, I've experienced that before, and uh, it's just, it makes you get you know, trying to cover things up and everything, it just gets, it just gets messy. It just gets bad. It makes things worse. I never want to um, put my, my wife in a position to where she has to, she has yeah. to sacrifice her character mm-hmm. to save mine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I, I don't want my wife to sacrifice her character in order to, to save my butt. Mm-hmm. Right. And we'll, we'll see that. Well, you know, his job is, or, you know, his dad was, mm-hmm. well, you know, money is, and the yeah. problem is, is this, <clears throat> what we've got, and this is the, this is the, the thing that I hate about us hard-headed men. We <laughs> will see our, our friend drowning. Well, I, 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 I can't be the one to talk to him. 
You know, I, I can't be the one. Yeah. Hey, you know, I, I mean, you know, I don't know what you want to tell me. Yeah. Or I'm worse off than he is. Yeah, or, you exactly. Know, stuff like that. And so, and that's the thing is that what happens is, and you labeled it, the enemy wants to keep us in shame. So we don't mm-hmm. go open those things up. Yeah. Worked on me for a long time. All day. I mean, I'd never come and talk like this in front of people. No, I, this would never have I, happened. No, right? Just like a couple of years ago, it would never no. happen. And I've felt so much being lift off of my shoulders yeah. because of just freedom, you know? From no stuff. doubt. Um, another, going back to what you asked me, another thing that I'm going to, I'm going to answer it differently. Another thing yeah. that a wife can't do or a spouse can't do is, um, well, I said the first one was make excuses. The second one is, you know, being too hard on somebody about something that they don't understand. Mm. Like I struggle with addiction and, um, people that never been addicted to anything don't understand that, yeah. um, when you're addicted to something, you, you, you can't, there's times where you just can't say no. Like, yeah. I mean, I'd be driving by the liquor store sometimes and I'd be like, no, I'm not going to do it today. I'd, t- I'd prepare myself as I left work. Yeah. And then as I drive by, you know, and I'm not saying it wasn't me that turned the wheel or anything yeah, like yeah. that, but I'm just like at the last minute, I'm just, whoop. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I give in. You got into autopilot. Yeah. And it's just like, I've done it so many times that, yeah. you know, but anyway, my point is when we're already hard enough on ourselves, yeah. Men in general, but people that are addicted as well, mm-hmm. even more so. We've beat ourselves up a million times in our head already, and then you're going to add on top of it. So you added Not. both sides. You said don't make excuses for it. But then also don't be the sledgehammer that, you know, yeah. and, and that's the hard part. And listen, it's yeah, not fair. You can't do it alone. It's a hard balance and it doesn't make sense. But no, I mean, it takes I have a wife that's special, man. She prays for me. She's just a different person. That's good. And it man. takes somebody like that. You yeah. know, it takes somebody that has their full trust in God yeah. to, to be there for you. And it doesn't have to be your maybe it's not your spouse. Maybe it's uh you know, your pastor or mm-hmm. somebody that's gonna be for there. Maybe your pastor's gonna have to counsel you and your spouse. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's happened and with us before too, you know. And no doubt. And the hard part about it is this is pulling back your first reaction of wanting to beat them across the head because they're messing up again mm-hmm. and going at it in love. The Bible says the the the, the goodness of God leads men to repentance, right? Yeah. So you and and yeah, I'm sure. not excusing the lifestyle because I said don't make excuses. That's what you said. Don't mm-hmm. make excuses. But we've got to also make sure that what we're doing is we are loving someone towards that. Hey, encourage them. Man, I've yeah. seen some change in you. Hey, you know, I really, you know, think you need to go talk to so and so. You know, yeah. build those relationships. You know, do those things. Yeah. And it's a lot in how you say things too. And, and oh, yeah. poking at people was not one way to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, just the way you, just the way you handle it. And yeah. In love, like uh-huh. you said, in love and and the God's grace is what's made me realize. Like, holy moly, I've done this stuff how many times in a row, and He yep. still loves me, and He still thinks that you yep. know I'm. St- I can still say I'm a child of God. Yeah. I. T- it took me a long time to figure that out. Yeah. Like the shame is what did it for me. I'd mess up, and then I'd be like, "You're you're a piece of trash." Mm-hmm. There's no way that God loves you when you do this on purpose, like knowing that it's not what he wants you to do and you yeah. do it anyway. You know what I mean? You go through that whole cycle. Totally good. And I'm finally getting to where I realize, like, man, you are somebody like you. Yeah. God does love you. That's special. And yeah. you can be you can get over it. You can be somebody else, you know, fleeing from sin is <clears throat> extremely important. But if that's your only motivation and you're not running towards a relationship with God, you're never going to make it. Yeah. Right. So 
when I look at it, and another thing too is you can pray for God to send people along their path that they don't see, mm-hmm. you know, and open up those opportunities, right? And and listen, um, God loves us sometimes enough to where He'll allow our struggles to come to the light because mm-hmm. He loves us enough, yeah. right? And and that's the hard part is we sit there, oh, I can't believe this happened. Man, it was coming for me. <laughs> it was right it, it, I for mean, me too. And and yeah. God loved me enough that He let my wife find me in the midst of my struggles. Yeah, and 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 same and and see it for what it was. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like a freeing thing. It was finally like, yeah, okay, she knows now. Mm-hmm. She knows. I I literally had a time when I prayed, and I can remember praying like. I can't quit this on my own. I can't stop this on my own. God, can you please wow. let something happen? Yeah. And something happened, you know, like wow. it was going to happen eventually because I was being an idiot. Yep. But like I just, like you said, it needed to happen. Like it was yep. like a freedom mm-hmm. because then finally everybody finally knows you're done trying to hide stuff from people and we can address it. We can do something about the it. The enemy plays you in don't want to say something about it yourself. You no know? doubt. Enemy plays in that because what he'll do is go, man. And then what he does is just keeps adding weight on you. And keeps adding weight on you mm-hmm. and keeps adding weight on you. And and you know what? This this leads into the second thing because a lot of these things, are, you know, when it comes to pride, now the next one is going to be extremely important too, and it's that work-family mm-hmm. balance. Oh, yeah. It's not easy. Man. <laughs> That's a hard one because I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, like, when I get home in the evenings, you know, I get home around this time from work. And I'm at work at 5:45 in the morning, you know, like like the message said from yeah. from dusk till dawn, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get home, and what do I want to do? What does any man want to do when they get home? They just want to relax. If the football's on, watch some football. Yep. Eat some food. Take yeah. a shower. You know, relax. And the kids are are there, and it's our job to spend time with them. And yeah. It's it's. it's Something that I didn't always have growing up, and I take it for granted so many times. You know? Selfish men will tell you, you deserve a break when you get home. Mm-hmm. And it sounds right, right? I can remember when I would be getting off, you know, at, at Chili's, crazy schedule, double with also working at the church, or I remember mm-hmm. when I worked at the school or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I've had a crazy hard day, Right. And, and there is no doubt of that. No doubt of that. Yeah. But the hard part is, is this. Your kids don't know that. And, and you, yeah. there's going to be some times to where you have communication to where, you know, my wife would see like, okay, hey, let's give daddy, you know, 30 yeah. minutes just to kind of go mm-hmm. take a shower. And she knew it was just wind kind of down wind bit. down. Yeah. But I needed to come in willing. My children deserve as much as I gave to my job. Yeah. Because you'll never get that back. No, and then you were talking to me and my coworkers were talking about this today. You spend more time I spend more time with in the classroom and with my athletes and stuff and my coworkers. Yeah. I spend I spend more time with them than I do with my own family yeah. during the school year, you know, in football season. So, so when you have so this job It's like what, even more important than you know what I mean? You then you've really gotta make sure. Yeah. You, you have got to make sure, and the hard part we've got to do is I used to find myself detrimentally on this phone. I'd get home, and I'd be with my kids, but I wasn't with my kids. Yeah, you weren't present. Yeah. I wasn't present. I, I, was, I was there, 
but I wasn't there. Yeah. And that's what we'll tell. Hey, what are you complaining for? I pay the bills. Yeah. I do this. I do that. And the person that wrote this, I'm not saying that's what you say. Right. I'm saying if this job is going to be something you keep, mm-hmm. okay, if this is going to be something that you keep, then you need to make sure if this is what you need. Now, follow me. If this is something you know you're supposed to keep, okay, then you need to make it work. You need to make it work. Yeah. If you are saying this isn't going to work, because you know what will happen with us men? We will continue to work and continue to climb and continue to try to have things and things and things and things and things. Mm -hmm. There was a quote I said that many fathers are wasting so much time trying to work to give their families things. Yeah, I remember that. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and we are. And, and I'm not saying things are a problem. But Xboxes, TVs, phones, four-wheelers, fishing, none of that will ever replace the relationship with a father. Yeah. Ever. Sure. And I'll tell you this. I would much rather a father... Look for a new job. I don't care if he's the CEO of the company. Look for a new job. Now, I'm not saying quit mm-hmm. without a job. You know, a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. Yeah. But I'm not saying, I'm saying I would much rather him go work a job that's beneath him mm-hmm. and be a present father yeah. than hand, I think I got a notification, um, than hand their kids the world, but they're not in it. Yeah. And and, and it's hard, hard for us. That's a hard decision to make, but I mean it's gotta be one that's so I've got the some right rules decisions for it. gotta be made, you know. Yep. So I'll say this. Number one, you never make decisions in your emotions. You don't make that decision after a hard day, hard week. I just called you like three weeks ago on right? that one. <laughs> they, because you're not thinking straight, right? It's kinda like this. Anytime any time anybody comes up and goes, Hey, I want a tattoo, I'm like, awesome. Come see me in a year. If you still want it, then I'll ride off on it. Yeah. Right? Oh, Lord. That's good advice. Yeah. Uh, right? So in the same way, you come to me, oh, I'm ready to quit my job. Okay, come see me in a month, and if you still feel that, mm-hmm. then we'll talk. If it's not just the emotions, right? Because the emotions are going to get... But I've got to make sure, biblically, my first relationship is to my wife and to my children. Yeah. Even as a pastor. I love you guys. My first relationships to my wife. Yeah. My first relationships to my kids. And I've got to make sure, number one, that let's say a guy's like, man, I know I need to leave this job. Okay. Be very faithful. Change everything you can at home. And if you're only at home 20 minutes a day, those better be the best 20 minutes those kids have ever had. Mm-hmm. Best 20 minutes those kids have ever had. Right? And open your mind. What happens? At, what, what if you started waking up early and started making them food? Yeah. What happened? What if you started getting up and make sure, hey, you know, that's my book. I read. I pick things like every night, Haven and I, I read her a book. Mm-hmm. I, I read her a chapter. I read. That's our yeah. moment. That's right? quality time right there. That's yeah. quality time. Mm-hmm. So it's making sure that, and some dads might need to realize they're trying to pay for things and maybe you need to stop climbing. Yeah. It's okay to stop climbing. Mm-hmm. It's okay to, that, to if, if that next promotion doesn't come, make sure your family's strong. 
Invest yeah. into those things. Don't make a decision out of, yeah. uh, you know, but really ask yourself, what do you want? Because then you get older and you retire and you look back and you're like, man, I wish I would have spent more time with my kids. I hear it said all the time. You all know, the time. I can't say that from experience, but I hear it said a lot. All the time. Know? So. And, and that's, I don't want my children showing up to my funeral waiting for the will to be read. Mm-hmm. I want my children showing up to my funeral bringing stories of who I was. And you don't get that at your funeral. You get that now. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I think of moments like with Houston. He's three. Houston's three. You know how easy it would be to stuff an iPad in his hand on my day off? Yep. And just be like, man, I just need some moments. hmm I just, man, I just need it. I'm afraid there's a lot of people that are letting smartphones and iPhones and iPads raise their children. Yeah. I don't want Blippy raising my son. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want it. I the Blippy's good, don't get me wrong, yeah, but I don't but want Is it easier that way? Yes. Yeah. But we are living in a moment right now, Jordan, we prayed for a few years back. Yep. We're living in a moment and we need to make sure that we are utilizing it correctly. Yeah. And you know what? I'll connect something that you said. Tell me what you think about this. You said you need to bring someone in your life. What if you brought someone that knows you, that has wisdom in your life, mm-hmm. that you ask them, hey, am I balanced? Yeah. Can you imagine that? Mm-hmm. Going to a man that you trust, that has some wisdom in your life, and say, hey, don't pull any punches. Am I balanced? Is my go to my wife? That's really swallowing some pride, right Bro, there. Yeah. Sit down. Shut your mouth. Am I balanced? And just listen. Yeah. Whoa, can you imagine that? Yeah. For real. Yeah. Can you imagine that? We wouldn't like the answer, probably. But that'd be the key. Don't yeah. say anything at the table. Yeah. Don't don't say. Just be quiet. Am I balanced? No, you're not. And just listen. And just listen. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think about that. That'd be crazy. That was straight up. Just yeah. can we be real right there on the moment? Yeah. Going up to your wife and saying, hey, am I balanced? Oof. And and and, and bring your wife that into That would be sc- good, though, you know? That yes. That would be a good conversation starter. Like, you could really fix some things or work on some things or your eyes can be open to some things. Yes. Big time. Well, okay, so military man. Mm-hmm. Every sniper has a... A spotter. Spotter. Mm-hmm. Spotter can see more, mm-hmm. sees the effects of what's he going sees on. exactly where it's hitting, and he can tell them what adjustment to make. Does typically a sniper and a spotter, is that one person or is it two? Two. Two people. Mm-hmm. Who do you have in your life that's just in as vested as you hitting the mark in your life? Yeah. What, like, name a famous sniper. Oh, I don't know. Chris Kyle? Chris Kyle, yeah. Right? Name his name his spotter. Can't do it. No one does. We always name the sniper. We yeah. never name they get the spotter. All the glory, yeah. Right. So who is in your life that doesn't need the glory but is invested in you succeeding? Yeah. I think your spouse is somebody that'd be perfect for that. Obviously, right. I mean, because what they're not, what they're saying is not to harm you or to bring shame mm-hmm. to you or to embarrass you. You know, if it is. There's deeper issues that need to be dealt with. Yeah. They may be trying to deal with or cover up something that they're dealing with, but 
And and yeah. see, I think it's, an, it's I think it's extremely important for us to to talk about that because if you're going to stay in your job, then you know, like a food journal, mm-hmm. food journal, have a time journal for your week. Go back and literally wrote, wrote oh, okay, yeah. this week I worked till this till this. And then get on the calendar and write, well, from here, from here, I watched this. From here to here, I did this. What if we yeah. did that with our time? I bet you we'd find some time we've one, got. The one time I used that in a sermon with the youth because your my phone, your iPhone, I don't know if the your Android phones do it. but Oh, you mean the, God's phone? Yes. <laughs> God's <Okay>. phone. <laughs> at the end of the day, every day, or end of the week, it mm-hmm. sends like a report. and you, you average this many hours on your phone. And I used it as a part of a sermon because I, I can't remember what the topic was, but something to do with how we use our time. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I don't like seeing that report. No because, one does. Yeah. It's no one more does. than I. It's more than you realize, man. It's, it's uh-huh. crazy. You're right. Those things, our phones really are taking over. Yeah. And life. so, and I think what it is is to where, and there's some guys that they really do work a lot. Yeah. Okay. So plan like I was talking about the book thing. Make sure, hey, this is my day off. This is our day. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I, I'm not doing. Man, we have a game night this night, or yeah. we do this this day. Our dad makes pancakes this time. Yeah. And. You that's not negotiable. I can't help tell you how many times Maria and I have sat down and like said, "Oh yeah, this night's gonna be." We did it not too long ago. We were like, "Yeah, this Friday nights or Saturday nights is gonna be movie night, and then we're gonna do this and this, and like we'll start it with good intentions, and then we just get sidetracked." You know, what do you think does that? I don't know. Our phones probably will have a lot to do with it, but I don't know. We have good intentions every time. It just doesn't. We just don't follow through with it. Okay. Why, as a coach, do you not stop coaching at game one? I mean, you've spent a lot of time with Yeah, there's a lot of things to Why don't you stop? A lot of things to improve on. Things haven't been perfected. Um, Now I'm all trying to just throw things out there. (laughs) So, okay, so why do professional athletes have coaches? Why do they have coaches? I don't know, because there's always imperfections, I guess, that they could work out. Always? Yeah. From peewee to professional, there's always yeah. someone on the sideline that sees it from a different perspective that yeah. has it. Why don't we do that in our lives? Yeah. Why, like, I, I meet with couples typically six times before I will even marry them. Why is it we invest all that time at the beginning, but we don't do it 10 years in? Who is looking at our marriage? Who is looking at me as a man? Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. At me as a man. Yeah. Right? We disciple men until they're a certain age as fathers, and then we let them go. Yeah. What? They still need and then to. we let them go and expect them to, like, find someone to mentor. Yeah, <laughs> and know, I'll and say this. They, maybe if needed some stuff all along. You, you know, are never to the point where you don't need a mentor. Yeah. Ever. Ever. Yeah. So, subject number three. All right. I would probably say. Let's do it. Is one of the biggest struggles. Mm-hmm. Statistics show it, and that's oh, yeah. pornography. Yeah. And, and, and we don't talk about it in church. No. Most churches don't talk about it. That's taboo. Oh, it's stay, taboo. Stay away from that, brother. And and this subject is the numbers are startling. The amount of Christian oh, yeah. men that do this. For sure. The amount of things that are destroyed. And I'm about to drop a bomb on you. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's hear it. 
Bro, I am shook right now because I'm still He's shook. He's excited about Jorge this. Jorge hasn't even heard this He was this talking yet. about it before, so. It, because I think when you hear a piece of information that is not hidden, but no one talks about it, mm-hmm. and it just makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Let me explain. You ready? If I tell you that your life and our culture has been drastically affected by a man named Dr. Kinsey. Would you know what I'm talking about? Dr. Kinsey, no. Dr. Kinsey. You ever heard of Dr. Kinsey? Kinsey. You've heard of him. Oh, you've heard of him. Dr. Alfred Kinsey. Is it Kinsey or Kinsley? Let me double check. Kinsey. It's Kinsey. Never heard of him. Dr. Kinsey. But I guess I have heard of him, apparently. Oh, brother, you're not ready for this. And let me go ahead and preface this. Uh, parents, if you're watching this with children, you you really, I'm just, it's a disclaimer. We're going to be talking about some stuff. I am going to be cordial, but we're going to talk about some stuff. So this is just a disclaimer at this point. Dr. Kinsey. Mm-hmm. Dr. Kinsey was in a very strict, strict house growing up. Okay. Went and became a scientist. And and at this time, and this is like the, the 1910, 1920s, 1930s, that time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he finally got sick of it and tired of it. So he began to explore sexuality at every level he could. Wow. Multiple partners, blah, 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 blah. Oh, we're, you're not re- you're not ready for what I'm about to tell you. That's dangerous. You, you're, bro. I'm telling you, you're not ready for. I'm. You're gonna go home and you're just gonna sit there and say, "Are you kidding me?" And you are too. We're gonna do a full podcast on this subject. Oh, dang. Full. Okay, Dr. Kinsey. There is a Kinsey Institute mm-hmm. based off of his studies. Dr. Kinsey got a team together. And they wrote a book, hmm. okay? And I think it's called um, Sexuality in the Mind of a Man and Sexuality of a Mind of a Woman, something like that, right? Selling on Amazon right now, okay? Dr. Kinsey had a team full of people, and their job was to study sex. Mm-hmm. And they would take notes and and they would ask questions and questionnaires, and they were quiet. Nobody knew. It was totally, um, what is it called? You are, you are anonymous. Yeah. One of the questions wasn't, have you ever had sex with a pig? One of the questions was, when was the first time you ever had sex with a pig? Wow. So that people that were into bestiality didn't feel judged, and they could talk about it. It would open up. And open it up. Okay. Oh, no, we're just scratching. Get ready. He begins to study all of this. Mm -hmm. Nothing's off the table. Well, he finds a man that he named Mr. Green. Mr. Green was a land surveyor and a serial pedophiliast. Serial. Earlier in his life, while he has hundreds of victims, he ran into a a psychologist, doctor kind of guy. And the psychologist and doctor said, you're going to keep doing what you're doing. 
I can't stop you. So would you scientifically write down every detail of what you do to these children so we can study sexuality? That hurts. He's traveling around the country abusing children from two months old. And logging it. With stopwatches. I'm, I'm not kidding you. To the level, guess who gets a ho- finds out about him? Dr. Kinsey. This mm. th- Mr. Green was writing all of these in books and would bury them in the desert because he didn't want anybody to find him. Well, they met up. And guess who got some of his books? Mm. Dr. Kinsey. Mm. And I'm going to be very careful on how I say what I'm going to say. But remember those two books that I said? Mm-hmm. Okay. And some of the subjects were orgasms and a pre prebubescent, whatever. Yeah. Two month old boy. Orgasms. On mm. how long it took to get a two month old to orgasm. How long it mm. took a four month old to orgasm. And it talks about screaming, Sick, kicking, man. fighting, but they liked it in the stuff. Follow me. Mm. In these books. And Dr. Kinsey is bringing all of this up, and he is using all of this information to say that you are born ready to be sexually active. Mm. And doesn't stop him, encourages him to go out and continue to bring me your research. Mm-mm. He found, I'm trying to tell you, he found a German soldier who was a uh, who was a leader in the German army who was over one of the uh, uh, the camps mm-hmm. found out about him and they begin to send letters back and forth so he publishes this books that literally in them talk about like one of them said uh, a four-year-old achieved orgasm 24 Five times in a 24-hour period? Mm. Do you know what you have to do to... like think of, the, think of this, and he's using this as science. Now, some of you are going, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's sick. It's disgusting. Yeah. He writes these. It hits America by storm. 300,000, over 300,000 copies of this book are sold. Hmm. Most people didn't even notice these di- the diagrams were in there. But think, everybody at this time, sex was very, I mean, it was, you know, quiet. You didn't talk about it. You know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. This is what brought the sexual revolution. That's He's known as the yeah. father of the sexual revolution. Hmm. Okay. So much to the fact there is still a Kinsley, Kinsey Institute studying sex. Hmm. That is saying you are born ready to be sexually active. Look Sickening. at the roots of that thing. It's Look at this. Evil, man. Okay. Well, he writes these books, and they're going everywhere. Made us begin to change our sodomy laws. Made to, All of a sudden, laws started changing because uh. it's science. We're teaching it now. So now, if you want to know where these the basis of our studies of sexual reproduction and sexual activity from schools, it's from Dr. Kinsey who started this. Now, let's connect it to what we're talking about today. Wow. Guess who got his book in college? Who? 
Hugh Hefner. Oh. Hugh Hefner found his book and said, I've been this stand-up guy, and I'm finding everybody wants this stuff. Switches. Hefner says, I will be his biggest supporter and pamphleteer, letting everybody know, and came out with a magazine called Playboy. Playboy. And he said, this magazine will be following what we found out in these books. Wow. Pornography. Yeah, when was that? What years was that? This is like right after World War II. Because I I don't know exactly when it happened of when pornography was legalized. I mean, because it all just makes sense, that whole timeline, you know, like. Yes. Man. And, and so, and here's the, here's the struggle. Here's the issue. I watched a documentary about him. There was a, a filmographer that began to work with Kinsey, and he said, Kinsey told him, he says, hey, careful. When you do this job, you're going to begin to fail to be able to be stimulated because you're so visually stimulated. So now you're not going to be able to have normal relations with a woman. Hmm. Now, we said, can we be real? And I told you, kids shouldn't be watching this. Kinsey got to a spot to where he performed a, um, don't don't say anything. Let me finish it. Let me think what it, 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 because I want to make sure I say the right word. Um, A uh, circumcision on himself. He was so jacked up and he ended up dying. From a disease in his privates. Like an infection or something? From all of this stuff he had been doing. Not from the uh, circumcision, uh, okay. because it was like it was a sickness that came from this masochist type, all, all the stuff he yeah. was doing. Well, then all of a sudden now, look at that. We have teenagers now that have erectile dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Teenagers. And we are flooding these people yeah. in y- youth. I, my first exposure to pornography was third grade. Third grade. Went to my friend's house. He said, hey, I got to show you this bag full of stuff. Mm-hmm. We're in his basement looking at ripped up magazines. And then you would watch a show, and at certain nights these shows would come on. Yep. And it hooked me. Mm-hmm. Jordan, it hooked me. Yep. And here's the problem. I remember growing up and said, well, this will end when I'm a teenager. Well, this will end when I'm, well, this will end when I'm. Or when I get married. Or when I get married. Yeah. Oh, this will end. And then what happens is, is you get this idea that it's just going to magically go away. But what did we talk about earlier? We sure ain't talking about it because that's embarrassing. Yep. And I bet you most of the men, I'm not going to say all. But most of the men that see this will say, at some time in my life, I struggled with the addiction to pornography. Yeah. And For when sure. you begin to see what this industry started with, with this study. That's sick, man. Disgusting. That's, yeah. So here's my thing. You know, everybody's talking about, like, you know, human trafficking, save the children, blah, 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 yeah. blah. And they're like, oh, man, you know, pornography it exposes this. Yes. But you need to know that it's been going on for a long time. Yeah. The studies from this book that can still be found on Amazon where f- half the information was found from abusing children. Mm-hmm. Found from abusing children. It's terrible. Terrible. 
And we see a generation of men that are dying. That sex is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. It's been twisted. It's been twisted. Like big time. Big time. And we'll have a man. You would ask me in the midst of my addiction to it. Oh, I'd never hurt a kid. Yeah. But I'm celebrating an industry that started, started from it. Started with that, yeah. Started from it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we're looking at this, and I'm telling you, it, it'll shake you. So we see this industry that is destroying men. But here's the thing. They think, this is not hurting anybody. It's just me. Yeah. I'm the only one looking at it. No, yeah. I took, it took me some time to figure that out, too, because I believe now, because I've been taught, that the decisions I make right now are going to affect my kids, no yep. matter how much I think, how much I try to hide it or whatever, because I tried to hide alcohol, you know, and the same thing with pornography. It's going to affect your kids and your kids' kids one day. No doubt. You know, so. And so, and that's. I have people ask all the time with it, what do I do? Because I can remember being a teenager driving in my car, screaming at the top of my lungs, God, take this away from mm-hmm. me. I, c- I can remember breaking devices. Yeah. I'm never going to go back. Oh, yeah. If I could just remember how this felt. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and what happens is, is this, is that we're afraid to talk to anybody about it, but it is destroying the church. Yeah. It's destroying men. It's kind of like when you said a while ago when you see a friend sees another friend drowning. Yes. But they won't say anything. No, no one will address it, you know. We've got wives wondering why there's a struggle going on, not knowing there's a struggle going on. Mm-hmm. We've got what we we've got, and ooh, can can I can I talk about something real quick? Do it. <laughs> hey, parents. Yeah, you will anyway. <laughs> Hi, it's Chris. I get it. Your young kid wants a phone. I think I know where you're going. Right, <laughs> and uh, you know you want them to be one of the cool kids. Um. Mm. We are giving our kids rights to make decisions and see things that they were never supposed to see at their age because we don't want them to unbe like any of the other kids. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. can promise you this. If there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. I mean, we did it when there was dial-up internet still. Dial-up internet. <laughs> Waiting you know, like for one picture. There it's then, there. And it's I mean, there. We found a way to do it. And now yes. it's right there in their hand. Everything is there. It is there. It is the easiest thing to find. And, and here's the hard part, too. Oh, well, my kids just got an Instagram. It's on there. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, my kids just got a Facebook. It's on there. Uh, how is it a Facebook? I've seen people post stuff on Facebook that hadn't got deleted yet. Yeah. Full out scenes. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, my kids just got a Twitter. It's on there. My kids got a Snapchat. It's on there. Yeah. Well, my kids just got a tablet. Oh, it's on there. 100% accurate. It's there. And what happens True. is this. We are sacrificing our children's purity for the sake of them being entertained. Mm-hmm. And they are dying to it. Teenagers are having erectile dysfunction because of they are so that they're looking at this and, and they are they're they're so seeing this shit for it, yeah. hours and hours and mm-hmm. hours and hours upon it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they think something's wrong with them. And they're creating... It's changing the frame way that their brain 
operates. But there's medication for that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, somebody's making money off of it. Yes. You know? It's yes, crazy. And so, from somebody that was nearly destroyed by this addiction. Yeah. Nearly destroyed by this addiction. Mm-hmm. Some things I learned about it. Number one, it cannot be hidden. Yeah. I'm not saying you need to go to Walmart, aisle 13, <laughs> and scream at the top of your lungs. Tell everybody your business. I've got a problem. <laughs> no. I'm saying you need to go to someone. Yeah. That you trust and you need to be completely honest. And can I add something that like from father perspective? Yep. Something I've already started with my sons that Maria and I have both started is, you know, we've I, with Julian, he's the oldest. I've been like, hey, you have to come to me and you have to be comfortable with coming to me and talking to me about whatever. And yeah. I've tried to not make that weird. I've tried to like not mm-hmm. push it on them. But like they do have to be comfortable with coming and telling you. That if, they've looked at pornography or whatever, and you can't react in anger. You can't get crazy mm-mm. about it. You, no. you have to be mature about it, and it, you know, it's reality. You know what I mean? Like, I had twelve-year-olds have student. to experience, but if they do, no. you need to be prepared to deal with it. You know, I had a twelve-year-old and eleven-year-old student get pregnant. If you don't think the yeah. generation's learning at an earlier age, then you're missing it. The apartments I grew up in, there was same exact situation: twelve and eleven-year-old. Right? Oh well, we she got had a baby. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy oh we don't we ain't got all that we just got netflix netflix is not under fcc regulations i think it's fcc regulations they're not under those regulations yeah, there's they can post whatever they want oh no there is pornography yeah, on netflix there was some show that came out not too long ago that it was like a i don't know if it was a documentary or a show but it was all about sex yeah you know? well there's a show right now everybody's talking about it. i think it's called cuties whatever about these little girls dancing and it's like they're twerking oh, and dancing 11 seen. years old and and yeah. they won't take it down and Netflix won't take it down at all. But what happens is, is this. We need to stop allowing the enemy keep us in our own little camp, quiet about it, thinking you can beat it on your own. You no. cannot win this fight alone. No. There's no way around it. Tried it. It doesn't work. You tried it. It doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't Do you know work. how many times I said, God, never again. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, no, this no. time, never yeah, again. Yeah. This is my last time, I promise. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. It, they said it takes 21 days to break a habit, three to five years to change the way your mind works. Mm. Three to five years. Yeah. So if you're struggling, understand there's grace. There's forgiveness of it. Yeah. And I can remember I told my dad one time, I said, Dad, I lost focus. And he goes, we need to have a talk. You didn't just lose focus, son. Mm-hmm. You did something that's detestable to God. And I needed to hear that. But yeah. he said it in love. Mm-hmm. And, and there's so many things out there. Like, I have no problem. I, I've been talking about this for years. I love my phone. You can't do anything on my phone. Yeah. Anything that Got it, it, it takes. Oh, it monitors everything on my phone ever and sends screenshots to my accountability partners. Oh, wow. Oh, everything. But you know what people think? Oh, but you're a pastor. If you think that just because you're a pastor, you don't need to be protected. Mm-hmm. If you think just because you're a parent that you're, no, you need to be very, the Bible says, I will walk into my house with a blameless heart. I will set my eyes before no vile thing. Mm-hmm. And when you begin to peel it back and understand where this, 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 uh, 
stuff started from. I had no idea. It'll ruin. It'll mess you up. That's wild. And you start going, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. But when you're supporting that industry, you're supporting that. You are supporting this. And, and so I, I look at this struggle. So understand, number one, man, man there's, there's, there's grace and there's forgiveness. Number two, you, you've, you've got to stop fighting it alone. Yeah. But I'm not saying you need to just go to anybody. Yeah. Be very wise on who you go to. Be very wise. That's a good point. You know, because uh, a lot of times, oh, I just need to get it out there. No, 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 be very wise. Because some people will just destroy your character for a good story. Mm -hmm. I I go to people that would, that that, that protect me. They want the best for you too. But will correct me. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's very important that you keep that, you you have that openness, right? And and I'll tell you this, you got to do whatever it takes to be free. Mm-hmm. That always makes me think of uh, if your right hand causes you to cut sin and cut it off, or your eye gouge yeah. it out. Yep. Yeah. And see what's what's crazy is this. I can remember before I'd be struggling, and I'd go, "I'll do anything but tell my dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll do anything but tell my pastor." Okay, then you won't do anything. You care more about your reputation than you care about your purity. Yeah. And you're the holding enemy is back somehow. You're holding on to something. I mean, I did that for a long time, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, honestly, there's probably things that I still hold on to that, you know, I haven't completely let go of. But well, th- well, that's going to be the, for the rest of our I life. was, yeah. That's going to be the There's You're always, always going to be things. somewhere. Always. I want to get closer to Christ in everything I do. Mm-hmm. But this industry is destroying the church, and we're screaming for revival, but yet still deleting our history on our phone. Oof, man. And we've got to go. Uh, be, we we've got to be able to hit this full on. Yeah. Don't pull punches. Hit this full on. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said those those statistics and told that story because that's just proof right there of how evil that is. You know. And you know what's bad is when men of the world that aren't even Christians are coming out criticizing the industry, saying oh, I had to give up this, and there are guys that aren't even Christian. They're like, man, this industry's... Mm-hmm. And I'm like, don't let the world out purify us. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't let the world do that. Mm-hmm. Because you, you, I, I don't want them to see the, the, the bad of the industry, but the churches, we're st- sitting so quiet. Yeah, we're not doing anything about it. No. We've got men drowning in it. Mm-hmm. Drowning in it. And I'm telling you this. Listen, for men that are struggling with it, promise you freedom feels better yep because you know what happens when you look at that stuff i think i don't know if i've told you this before they've equated it to drug addiction because the dopamine flush that you get yeah that euphoric feeling real fast that makes sense dopamine is you're flushed by it you are you are getting hit by it and you become almost a drug addict to dopamine it makes perfect sense i mean like because you're only supposed to experience that in a relationship with your wife yep. or your spouse, you know, so like when you're doing that over and over and over again, you're killing that that mm-hmm. system over and over. It's just like pe- that's why people overdose, yep, because they get so used to this drug, heroin or whatever it be, and they build up this tolerance to it, and they need more, and they need more, and they need more, and the more often, and then they end up killing themselves. I mean, not that this could literally kill you, but I mean, 
Well, do you know sin wise? Yes. Do you know it's one death. of one of the the linking feature between almost all, not all, but almost all psychopathic killers? Does it have to do with pornography, pornography. or some type of sexual pornography. abuse or something? Yes, so pornography. And it th- makes me think of depression too. Yeah. Because your your dopamine levels are getting so high, and that's what you get used to. And then when you don't have it, you get so low. Yep. You're on this roller coaster. You of, are. And it has to cause depression. Because what happens is this. What used to get you going don't get you going anymore. Mm-hmm. Going to the, to the stuff that you couldn't imagine. And then it moves into, well, it's got to be in real life. Well, I've got it, and and it always builds. Yeah, it, it leads to something. No doubt, worse and worse, or further and further. Enemy's not going to come at you and say, "Hey, man, I know you like that girl. You should go kill her." But all of these the, these psychopathic killers started with demoralizing and dehumanizing women to being property and just being things, mm-hmm. so it was easier to transition them down that line. But yeah. th- but this so this needs to be dealt with. And I had to go to a level of just crazy freedom that I'll do whatever it's got to take. If you got to go to a flip phone, go to a flip phone. If you've got to get rid of your Netflix, your Hulu, go to it. Yeah. I'd much rather you be bored and pure than entertained and bound. Yeah. You know? And it is worth it. I it mean, is. The freedom. Oh, 100%. And, and, but, but that's the thing we've got to talk about. We've got to get this out of the shadow in the church between men. And so what I would say is this. So I said, you know, understand this forgiveness in Christ. But number, you know, so the number two is, is this, is that you got to do whatever it takes. You need to find someone you can trust, mm-hmm. right? Truly trust, right? To walk you through with this, right? And then you need to begin to put things there instead of, right? I need yeah. to be putting word in me. I need to put time with my wife in me. Mm-hmm. I, I need to be putting time with my kids in me. I need to be putting those things in me to build myself yeah. up. Same thing goes for with, you know, spending time with your family, you know, uh, when you get home and you want to just relax and stuff, or I not have at least once a week, have a little Bible study or something. I it's used great. to be really good about that. And I haven't mm-hmm. been that good about that, uh, lately. And the kids love it, man. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for any of those three things we talked about, mm-hmm. replace, you know, take some time away. I used to be good about getting up earlier before work. I need to get back into that. But getting up earlier before my alarm, and if I have a few minutes, I've gotten ready earlier than I thought, and, you know, spend 10 minutes on a Bible That's study or, or just read a little bit and pray. I always pray on the way to work or yeah. listen to worship or something, you know. Fill those times with your word or with prayer, things like that, you know. And I – and. And it's important for us to deal with these hard subjects that many of us fight with. And we've got to go at it head on. Mm-hmm. We've got to go at it. And we can't just flirt with it anymore. Skate around it. We can't deal with it and just hope it'll get better. It won't hope to get better. No, it's going to get worse. We, we, we can't just sit here and say, well, I'll grow out of it. No, you won't. You'll just strengthen it. Mm-hmm. You'll just strengthen it. And, and, and so these conversations have got to happen. And, and I know that there's some guys that are watching right now that are struggling with this. Yeah. And they go, that's exactly how I feel. Right? 
And so what you need to do is you need to, it, it says that when you ask for God forgiveness, you're, you're, you're forgiven. But when you confess to your brother, you're healed. Yeah. And there's got to be that brother that you go to. Iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. We've got to walk together. We've got to be able to lay that out, right? Yeah. There's so many, like mine, just as a little plug, I've got covenant eyes on my phone. Mm-hmm. Covenant eyes is the thing. Invest in it. Don't tell yeah. me, well, I'm looking for a free. Give me your bank statements. I'll show you where you've spent yeah. the money. Mm-hmm. Right? Hey, give me your bank statements. I'll show you. Oh, that that one drink at Starbucks? Oh, no, you good. You can do it. No, no you good. <laughs> right? Invest in this. But also invest it for your kids. Yeah. We cannot sit here appalled as the church at a show by Netflix like Cuties when we're entertaining private things that no one sees. Mm-hmm. We've got to have people. I've got people in my life that have freedom to say, let me see your phone. Let me see your laptop. Let me see everything sent to them. Because once you get that shadow out, there's so much more joy that comes there because you don't know how to hide. You get tired of hiding. Yeah. You get tired of it. Mm-hmm. You really do. Oh, when it gets brought up, you got to get that feeling of like, oh, it feels all awkward or whatever. It no feels doubt. good to not have to deal with that. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? So... You know, we look at these things that men struggle with when it comes to pride, when it comes to work-life balance, uh, and then it comes to purity. Mm-hmm. You know, these are conversations I'll tell, you know, men need to be having more often, just with themselves. Yeah. They need to be having these conversations with a Christian brother. You need to be mm-hmm. having this conversation with a pastor. Yep. You need to be sitting there and just be walking together, right? Agreed. Because mm-hmm. in... It's vitally important for our kids' future. It is. Man. It's got to stop somewhere. It is. And, and the thing is, is this, is to where if one man can start the sexual revolution, yeah, what can one godly man do? Mm-hmm. If one man can start this, can start a whole generation of pornography, what can one godly man do? See, the enemy is always wanting to rob us of our purpose and just make us think all you're going to do is work. Man, we get to disciple our children. Mm-hmm. We are discipling someone's great-grandpa. Yeah. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Think, think, think of it, you know. It's pretty awesome. You, you know, you're like, man, I would love to have just one more good sit-down with my dad. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Be, be able to share with him, talk with him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so when we look at that, when we think about that, we are discipling someone's great-grandmother. Yep. A patriarch of the family, a staple of the family. Mm-hmm. We get to disciple them in our house now. That is cool. So instead of, we need to begin to see, oh, I'm not a pastor. Did I say anything about being a pastor? This is just if you have kids. Mm-hmm. And some of you, some people might be listening to this, might be teenage guys. You're right now preparing what type of husband you're going to be. Mm. You don't start yeah. being a good husband when you get married. You start being a good husband with purity in your high school years. Yeah. You start being a good father at those times. And good God, quit, quit telling the, letting the world tell you what you can do with your girlfriend and boyfriend. Mm-hmm. We talked about that dopamine flush, soul ties. Yeah. Right? That, that happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I don't know why it's so struggling, man. You know, it's just rough, man. And uh, I wonder why. Uh, I mean, maybe. Yeah. It's because, you know. Mm-hmm. But when we begin to see the power of what, instead of let's, instead of us looking at just what the enemy is trying to destroy us with, we need to start looking at the things, like I just said, 
of the potential that the enemy's trying to keep us from. Yeah. If, like you were saying, one man can one do man. all this, or well, one man with God behind him, imagine what he could do. You know? Imagine I, how much we could change. Yes. I, I sit there and look. Um, you know, I say the name Billy Graham. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, Billy Graham. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. What was the name that wit- what was the name of the man that witnessed to Billy Graham? I don't know if it was his father. I don't no know idea. that story. Yeah, most people don't know that story. Mm-hmm. But you don't have a Billy Graham if you don't have the person that was willing yeah. to invest in that. It's true. Power of one man. Power of one man to, to 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 shape a family. I look at my kids all the time, and I go, God entrusted me to be their dad. Mm-hmm. Oh God, please don't let me screw this up. Like, I look at my wife, and I'm like, I'm your husband. It's my job to oversee this family. That's a huge responsibility. Yeah, it is. But it's powerful. Men have a strong calling on their life to disciple and shake and do great things. And, and, and we're letting the devil pick our pockets. Mm-hmm. And we've got to bring it to the light. Yep. So what would you say as a man on here that's like, man, I'm struggling with a lot of stuff you talked about. What would your advice be to him? Reach out to somebody. Reach out. Stop being so worrisome and prideful about what people are going to think. Um, and just find somebody to reach out to. I mean, like you just said, you, who you would like to know who the person is that – that um, reached out Graham. to, yeah, ministered to. I just said uh, Jimmy Graham. Billy Graham. <laughs> That's a football person. <laughs> but, um, you know, who knows, man? Maybe the purpose that God's trying to pull out of you is that, is for, you know, you're going to be somebody like that in somebody's life, you know. I get to minister to kids all day, every day, and I love it. I've, I literally had that conversation with a kid last school year, the decisions you make right now. Mm-hmm are not just for right now. They're going to affect your kids. Do you believe that? And he was just like, you could tell he had never heard that before. Because we're not challenging kids to think about the power of what they have. Yeah. I would pull this kid into detention with me at lunch on purpose because I wanted to have those talks with him. And you know what's funny? He he enjoyed it. Like, he he, so, you know, who knows when you're going to get to do something like that. If if you're always worried about your struggle – it's, this is me for a long time. Always worried about my struggle and getting over my stuff that I lost sight of, like what my purpose was yes. in, in all of this. You if know? I take away what the God's coach, purpose was for me through me, yes, you know, and that's what the enemy's doing. He's got us thinking, oh, this generation doesn't want to hear from me. Oh, they whatever. Oh, they're doing their thing. Oh, I can't speak. Mm-hmm. If we remove, ooh, there was a story. Are you ready for this? It was in a book I read. There was a uh, a. Uh, animal sanctuary mm-hmm. in Africa, and they moved it from one part of Africa to the next. And there was a bu- there was a, these certain type of elephants, so they put the you know they put the young elephants over there and, and moved them over there. Mm-hmm. Well, they went to go check, and they started finding rhinos dead. Mm. You know, I'm going. I yeah. remember this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they started finding rhinos dead. And they're like, "What is killing them? Poachers? Whatever." Well, they started finding females, elephants beat up hurt all of them were pregnant Mm -hmm. and they found out what it was is they didn't bring the mature elephants over as soon as they did that they had to pay for it it was expensive Mm -hmm. 
it brought order back in. We've got to stop thinking that this next generation doesn't want to hear from the older men. They need yeah, and them. thinking that they're just going to figure it out on their own. They're not. Yeah. That's the worst thing I could tell my son. Oh, I'll just figure it out on your own. No. Because mm. if I'm not going to disciple it. So, okay. A young man is always being discipled. It just the question is, is who's doing it? Mm-hmm. Always. Being influenced you by somebody. You are being somebody. influenced or being discipled at all times. Mm-hmm. The question is, who's doing it? Mm-hmm. And or what? Or what? What's doing it? Yeah. We, so we have to make sure. So men of the church, go find a young man and go ask him what he's, what's going on. Yeah. Well, they need to come up to me. Stop that. Quit this pride stuff. Go find a young man. Yeah. If you've, if you've overcome pornography, go find a young man in trust, in the right relationship. Do it right. But just begin to say, man, hey, is there something I could pray with you about? Mm-hmm. Hey, how are you doing, man? Hey, I, let, let's go. Let me get you and your dad some breakfast. Let's yeah. go talk. Let's see how you're doing. Yeah. If we begin to work with each other and check on each other and mm-hmm. fight with each other, yep. we could see some great changes. Sure. Man, we got a job to do, Jordan. Yes, sir. I appreciate you coming on and talking to me, bud. I appreciate you trusting me, man. It's an honor, man. I'm proud of you. Thank you. As a father, I'm proud of you as a man. Proud of you as a husband. Proud of you as a man of God. I appreciate it. And it's an honor to have you on here, and we'll have to have you come back next time we talk about some man stuff. All right, let's do it. Basic dude stuff. I like that stuff. (laughs) Love you, brother. Love you, man. Thank you all. I'll be good.